Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. So let's break down this first track a little bit. So this one's a slower swing. Bum 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 bum. Gives us a three feel, okay? Um, and this one's in G. So this one's dealing with G7 and C7 and D7. So when I go to solo over this, this is an absolutely typical kind of blues progression. 12 bar blues. Um, so what would I do over this? Okay, well, I've got my major pentatonic. I've got my minor pentatonic. I've got my combination of those, the hybrid thing we talked about, uh, my blues note. I'm going to use all of those things in this absolutely typical kind of blues progression. So what I'm thinking about is I'm thinking about, for instance, when the G7 is being played, right? I'm thinking about trying to emphasize that major third from the minor major twist that we talked about. I've got my root that I'm definitely going to emphasize. I've got my seventh. Those are different things that I want to emphasize. And then I've got my palette of, you know, I can call them licks or whatever we want to call them, but they're really just kind of the, the way I move. As I play, always thinking about dynamics. Play more, then play less. Play higher, play lower. Play loud, play soft. Play a lot, play a little. Don't play at all. All of these different kinds of things, the dynamic contrast that we've been talking about, they come into play right here, right now. Okay? So when the four chord comes up, D, 
Okay. Then I've of course got my note D that I could emphasize or excuse me, G to C to D. So I'm on C. Okay. So I've got my C, but if you remember my discussion in the rhythm section about uh, shell voicings, right? I'm very much at this point trying to emphasize the seventh and the major third. So those are things I would do, you know, I could do those over the one as well, but they're going to be really effective over that four chord, over that C chord, because they're outlining the most important notes of that chord. You see? So one chord's being played, so I'm thinking, consciously thinking about the bump, 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 bump. Got that kind of rhythm because I've got dun 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 ducka 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 dun dun dun. So I can always make licks that use that ba da 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 da. And again, contrasting, right? The rhythms and things like that. So over the one chord, I'm thinking about the root. I'm thinking about the major third. And I'm going to use all those other things, but notice how a lot of the other notes that I'm playing are more in passing to get me to the root or to get me to that major third or to get me to the seventh. Right? And then here comes that four chord. So then I'm going to try and target something that has to do with the C chord, whether it's the root, whether it's the seventh, whether it's the third, which could be played in either space, either one of those places. And I love to do this bend on the second string because again, it works perfect over the root because when I bend this up, it's becoming the root of the one chord. So that's just a great thing to do over the one in whatever key you find yourself in. See, what I try and do a lot of in my playing is uh, not just playing up and down unless I'm trying to make something more, you know, rhythmic kind of thing. I try and play like to the outsides, like I've I learned how to do this a long time ago where you kind of play... You know, you play different kinds of things like that. So I might do some sort of lick where I play to the outside. Different things like that. And I'll combine that with other licks. Like I might go... You're going to notice I do a lot of sliding to the blues note. See how cool all that stuff sounds? Okay. Now we've got lots of different examples of backing tracks here that I'm going to be showing you. This is just one of them. But this is absolutely, in my opinion, one of the most typical kinds of things you're going to find. Now your blues might be a little bit faster. It might be a little bit slower. But it's this idea. If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. 
VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. So four chord comes mm-hmm. along. I'm trying to target that. Five chord comes along. Now again, five chord. Sitting right there. I've got these notes. Right? Just like I did on the four chord. Two frets higher for the five chord. But then I might also outline the chord itself. Like, again, back in the rhythm section, if you remember, we were talking about, like, I've got that sharp nine that I might try and target that, that note. Or I might play some sort of a... Because, again, I'm visualizing this chord. So I'm kind of outlining the notes I'm playing of that chord. chord and then here comes the one okay so i'm gonna play a little bit more of this backing track and i'm just gonna try and give you some of my thoughts um i'm gonna play nice and slow and uh, try and yell over the backing track as best i can here so here's just the intro to get me going let's do some cool stuff here's my five here comes my one Space, here comes the four. Back to the one. Maybe a cool rhythmic lip. So I'm always aware of those as they're being played and I'm responding to them. So this is a perfect example of, again, a backing track that could use some melody uh, relative to the blues. Again, it's not an overly like minor melodic thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm targeting things on each one of the one, four, five, which is why it's essential for me to know the 12 bar blues. So I can respond to these. If I didn't know the 12 bar blues, I don't know when the one's coming or the four's coming or the five's coming. I can't anticipate anything. Okay, so I'm using these combinations of notes, whether it be the hybrid scale or adding the, again, however you look at it, the major sixth or the ninth or whatever it is, I'm adding those in sparingly, but they're used to get me, it's more of a vehicle to get me from point A to point B. It's not just playing a bunch of notes, because again, if you do that, it just sounds like you don't really know what you're doing, and um, it just sounds more like you're just playing a scale. So this is a great one for you to jam over. So what we're going to do right now is that we're going to jam together and then you've got the backing track available. So I'm going to play a little bit and then I'm going to leave some space for you to play a little bit. Okay. So we're just going to go back and forth and do some jamming. You jam and when you hear me start playing, you just kind of back out. And then when I'm done playing, you come on back in and we'll just keep going back and forth. Okay. So here we go. I'll start it off. 
right, here I come. Take the first part this time. What I want you to think about a little bit is how that music sometimes will motivate you or our interaction will kind of change the dynamic and you'll all of a sudden be playing a little bit louder, a little bit faster than you were before because you're trying to respond to what you're hearing and how you're feeling. And uh, it's okay if you don't hit all the right notes, right? I mean, that's part of this creative space that I keep talking about is you're trying to develop all of these things. So you're taking little bits of all of this stuff that we've been talking about, the ones that make the most sense to you and you're moving them over here and trying to use those, right? If you find yourself trying to jam together, if, if we're jamming this thing, and all of a sudden you're trying to remember how the scale shape goes, or you're trying to develop a lick while we're supposed to be jamming, you're not in the creative space. You're over here in the fundamental space. And there's, again, there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's the case and you really want whatever that is, Shut off the, the backing track or the jam or whatever it is you're doing and just develop that thing and then bring it back over here. Because that's one of the big mistakes that people make is that they, they try and jam and uh, when they start doing it, their mind starts going back to this fundamental rudimentary space and then they, they lose the creativity. The dynamics are gone. They're not thinking about notes anymore. They're not trying to make a musical connection. They're just focusing on, well, what's how does that shape go again? You know, and they're going... And all of a sudden, they're not even making music anymore. That's what I want you to avoid. Okay, so this is a great one. This one I've called Slow Swing Blues in G. Um, and I want you to practice this. This is kind of the staple of all the backing tracks that we do. This is the one that really defines the blues, I think, the most.
next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. All right, now we're going to dive further into the world of blues. We've talked about pentatonic, pentatonic expansions, the major scale and how the major and minor are related to each other, uh, chord chasing, you know, m creating melody, all these different kinds of things. Well, now we're going to look at the bizarre uniqueness of blues and how blues works for soloing. And of course, we can implement this into rock solos and country solos and all sorts of different things. But basically what we're going to do here is we're going to go back and um, touch on some of the things that we already did and then expand on that. So the first thing we're going to do is we're just going to start with the minor pentatonic scale and then add in some of those extensions that I told you about earlier, and then we'll keep going from there. So we have minor pentatonic with that blues note or blue note. And it's always important to really be aware of that blue note. You can call it a blues note or a blue note. It doesn't matter, but because it really does give the blues flavor. And you don't have to use it all the time, but to throw it in there is really, really important. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to GuitarZoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at GuitarZoom.com.